This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, friends. Uh, Good morning. That is helpful. That would be very helpful. You just talk right back to me. That would be great. Um, I am honored to be part of this weird service, which... That's awesome. If you know me at all, I'm just a slightly quirky. So this suits me just well. And this series that we're in is called Weird because normal isn't working. We can all look around at various aspects of life and we can see what the average is cranking out and we want something more for ourselves. So this message series, which has been for a while and I'm just one section of it, is called Weird because normal isn't working. And today we're going to start a two-part section of the weird one that's called Weird Friendships. We just had three weeks on weird words, which was incredible. If you missed any of those, I highly recommend you go back. But this whole series, is based out of the book of Proverbs. And Kevin encouraged us to enroll in the School of Wisdom. Because if you're not familiar with the book of Proverbs, it is a book full of almost like one-liners, little tiny snippets of wisdom. And they're all just smashed together, kind of like a quote book. It is full of practical stuff. Today, we're going to take kind of a broad strokes view of the book of Proverbs because I'm going to be grabbing little sayings from the entire book, all pointed to the topic of friendship. But just in case some of you are not familiar with Proverbs and just how intimately practical this book is, I would like to start by showing you our verse for the morning, and then I'm going to show you a couple of other gold nuggets that have nothing to do with friendship whatsoever, but will totally prove to you that Proverbs is a practical book, and you can trust the kind of things that it says. So let's start with this morning's verse. We're going to be talking about the concept of friendship based on Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And we're going to break that out today, but just to get the ball rolling with practical wisdom and advice, I'm going to give you a golden nugget from Proverbs that I can't personally relate to this first one, but maybe some of you here can. Let's go ahead and do that one. Proverbs uh, 27:15. A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as constant dripping on a rainy day. Stopping her complaints is like trying to stop the wind or trying to hold something with greased hands. I don't want to hear an amen. Don't elbow your wife. I can't relate to that one all, but this next one I can totally relate to, and I have a feeling you're going to be able to as well. A loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse. Hey, can I get an amen for non-morning people? You're the 1130 service. You're my type of people. This is totally true of me. Totally true. So that being said, let's dive into this friendship topic. For much of, for most of us, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend, doesn't actually necessarily ring true. We have friends who we can go to movies with. We have friends that we can see sporting events. We might have coworkers. We've got obviously friends on Facebook. We have people that we wave across the auditorium to on a Sunday morning. But this whole concept of friends that sharpen friends, for Proverbs to say that is to say that is a true thing. But for many of us, we crave this level of friendship, but it is not offered in our normal day-to-day lives. This is a kind of friendship that is carved out as opposed to just what happens in the course of time. So this morning, we're going to talk about what that kind of friendship looks like and how we can move our friendships to the normal that everybody else has down to a deeper level. What I'd like to do is start with a story out of my own life to give you a concept of what it looks like for a friend to sharpen a friend. In this case, the friend who sharpened me 
is one of many friends over the course of time who has invested that kind of sharpening friendship into me and actually changed the course of my life. Sharpening friends have the ability to do that. In this case, this friend is my sister. And uh, for those of you who have sisters, you know that the sharpening kind of sister... Sometimes it's more like stabbing, you know, that, that, that can be how that goes sometimes. Maybe you have a friend like that who's not a sister. But uh, in this case, my sharpening sister um, had watched me. I was at the tail end of college and I was in a relationship that I was loving. And if you heard my story a few months ago, then you will probably remember that there was a pattern for me of having the right one, one after the other come marching through that they were really not good fits for me, and sometimes just not good picks. And she had watched this happen over and over and over again. And in the face of my rejection, in the face of me writing her off as, you're just my older sister, you don't understand, in the face of what I had said to her many times before, but you just don't know him like I do. In the face of all of that, she stepped forward, and one night, late at night, we had a slumber party at my parents' house, and she laid down on the bed next to me, and she said, hey, can we talk about this relationship? Where do you see this going? And in starry-eyed wondered, where can I get married, was my response. And in the face of that, she pressed on, why would you want to marry him? What about him is what you're looking for in a spouse? And we talked through. In the course of that conversation, one pivotal, courageous conversation, she walked me gently out of a destructive relationship for me that would have changed the course of my entire life for me to pursue this pattern. In the end, that ended up being a major pivotal move for me to get out of this unhealthy way of interacting in relationships and set major trajectory course change for me. One pivotal friend has the ability, and I have been the recipient of counsel like that over and over and over again. It has made me more courageous, a better version of myself. It's what I would wish for you. It's what we crave. So this morning, as we talk about the difference between normal friendships and sharpening friendships, you might find that you're already instinctively doing some of this stuff. And this is just words of affirmation for you to press further into those friendships. For some of us, I have conversations with people all the time who crave this kind of friendship but don't know where to find it. Or they might think they have a friend that they would like to do that with, but they can't figure out how to get it to that next level. So this morning is going to be intensely practical, just pulling out nuggets from Proverbs to talk about what it looks like to have these sharpening friendships that go a level deeper than what other people are experiencing at the normal level of friendship. That being said, there is a tendency. It could feel like a checklist this morning. I recognize that because what I'm going to do is lay out what we do in friendships regularly and normally that comes natural. And then I'm going to juxtapose what sharpening friends do. So there will be a tendency to feel like, okay, this is a checklist. These are things I got to get done. I want to tell you, just sit back. Even if that means you got to put your notes away and just absorb it. This is not a checklist. This is good news on how we can get that kind of friendship that is life-giving. And with that being said, I'd like to start by actually defining friendship because I may be saying to you, hey, friend, this is what friends do. This is what friends don't do. 
But you may have a different picture of friend in your head. So the first thing I'd like to do is lay out a, a common language between us about what friends are. There are actually different levels of friendship, and we all instinctively know this, but we're actually going to define it out. The outer ring of friendship, the people that are the furthest out, but we still might call friends, is social media. In fact, Facebook calls them friends. But at this level, we just know their names, we can see pictures, and we know that we have some level of mutual friends because Facebook tells us, here's your mutual friends. So we at this level have that level of knowledge. But really what we have is a lot of assumptions. We can't see the breadth of their life or their real-time struggles. We have to fill in those gaps. But we fill them in with assumptions. At this level of friendship, we can see each other and we watch life together. But that is the sum and total of what social media can offer us. And there's nothing wrong with it, but there, that is not the level of sharpening friend for sure. So let's go in one level deeper to the acquaintance level. And this is a level where you know facts and interests. You might know what they do for a living and you might have some actual mutual friends that you go out with sometimes together because that's your circle of friends at that level. At this level, you have a common location. In some way, shape, or form, life has your paths crossing. It might be crossing here at church. They might be co-workers and your path crosses at there. It might be the other parents of um, kids who your kids play soccer together. You sit on the sidelines watching your kids play soccer together. So it's some way life is having your path cross them. And you might like each other at that level. And at that level, you're experiencing life together. This is the acquaintance level of friendship and also not the sharpening one. Nothing wrong with this. But if we're going to talk about sharpening friends, we got to keep bringing the circles in. Oh, speaking of circles... You're missing a circle on your notes. Somebody was kind enough to tell me, you're going to need another circle in there. So just jot another circle right inside there on your notes. Okay, so the next circle of friendship in is a friend, maybe even a close friend. At this level, we know their story, their background, where they came from, and we can see their values. We have common interests, and we're actually pursuing these people. Rather than just waiting to run into them at church or waiting to run into them out on the ball field, we're pursuing these people. At this level, we have developed a respect for them and vice versa. And at this level, we're actually sharing life together. We might be having them over for dinner. We might be going on vacations together. At this level of friendship, we are um, actually sharing life together. Before I go on to describe a sharpening type of friendship and what that kind of friendship has a levels, I'd like to talk for a second about that center circle, me and God. Everything I'm going to describe today about what a sharpening friend is, is actually something that God not only offers to us, but provides. It's like a sharpening level of friendship on steroids, what God does, because we're going to have all the same stuff on a receiving end of him being a sharpening friend for us. But he has the added benefit of being with us everywhere we go. He also has the added benefit of not waiting around for you to tell him something about yourself or to ask him a question. He can actually read your thoughts, read your heart, and he is right there real time. For some of us, this is not our picture of God. Our picture of God is a removed deity out there. And I would love to have you, as you are hearing this description of what a sharpening friend is, I would love to have you begin to reframe that view of God. We'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end, but I want to plant that seed thought now so that as you're hearing what sharpening friends do and receive and give, I want you to know that the God of the universe, who is infinite and created us, actually 
offers this kind of friendship to us and in the Bible refers to us as his friend, which I think is a beautiful thing. Okay, so let's talk about the sharpening friend. At the sharpening friend level, we know all of the other stuff, the acquaintance stuff, the friend stuff, and the social media stuff. But in addition to that, we actually know each other's hopes and fears and vulnerabilities. (coughs) I promised Joe I wasn't going to (laughs) cough. Sorry. Uh, We know each other's hopes, fears, and vulnerabilities. We have actual intimacy with these people. They know us, and we know them, and we invest time. For these people, we do actually share deeply with them. We have a comfort level and a security that we volunteer information that goes beyond the sharing of surface-level stories. At this level, we actually reflect each other. And I realized this morning as I was talking in first service, that I have an, I had to apologize to my sharpening level of friends because if you start hanging out with someone, do you recognize the fact that you begin to pick up some of their phrases of speech? You pick up some of their attitudes. You pick up some of their values. I realized in first service, it's like, oh, I feel so bad. One of the things that I have noticed that my friends have picked up are some of the quirky phrases that I use. If you hang out with me often enough, you're going to start saying pish posh. It's just part of the package, or, oh, my stars, or one of the things that pops out sometimes is the, what good fortune, that is such an awkward phrase, <laughs> who says that, I say that, and if you're my sharpening friend, you begin to pick up these ridiculous phrases as well, but you have experienced that in friendship, you begin to actually reflect each other on a positive, and sometimes even on a negative level, we reflect each other at this stage of friendship, and then the last thing is, instead of just experiencing life, or watching life, or even sharing life together, at this level of friend, we are shaping life. Those friends who have spoken into my life, those friends who have gotten to know me on this level have done the work of shaping, of sharpening friends. And in that, they have actually changed my life and vice versa. And that is what I wish for us. That is what Proverbs 27, 17 is talking about. As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. That is shaping life together. The question then is how? How do I go from this level of friendship where we go out to coffee, we go to movies, we interact at work? How do I go to that other level? In order to do that, I'd like to talk about the things that friendships do and then juxtapose it against things that sharpening friends do. So this is where it could feel a little checklisty because I think I have nine or so things that friends do. And we're going to talk about what weird friends do in those same areas. So we'll go through pretty quickly. Weird friends encourage each other. Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue can bring death or life. I already mentioned that Kevin gave a three-part series in this weird thing called Weird Words. The last one, just this past week, he gave an entire message on how your words can bring life. And it was terrific. If you missed it, go back. He was describing sharpening friends. Anybody can say, go for it. You're good. You got this. Anybody can say that. Encouragement goes on a sharpening level to a deeper place. Hey, I know you're nervous about this, but this is why you're actually prepared for this challenge that you're about ready to face. We go past the surface level and we begin to let our words actually speak life into people's lives. That's what sharpening friends do. All friends additionally comfort each other. That's just part of friendship. Proverbs 2015 says, wise words are more valuable than much gold and many rubies. We all provide comfort to our friends. On a sharpening level, the comfort that we offer is a different level of comfort. For instance, 
Sharpening friends don't call ahead to make sure that they can come visit you at the hospital. A sharpening friend wouldn't even hesitate. Boom, I'm there. If I can't go inside your room, it doesn't matter. I'm sitting outside the room. I'm there. I am there to provide comfort. They go to a deeper level. Hey, I know you're grieving X, Y, and Z. And they're not trying to fix that. They're just trying to come alongside. I can see how that would be so painful. Sharpening friends take initiative on a level and they offer comfort on a deeper level that is valuable more than a gift or than a card. They actually provide those words of comfort to meet you where you're at. The third thing that all friends do is we assist each other. It's just part of what we do. Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? When I was thinking about assisting, I was thinking about moving day. And you all know how this goes because you have been on the receiving end of it. Moving day, normal friends wait to be called. Hey, can you come help me with my move? We all know that person is moving, but we're waiting until the call comes. Acquaintance level, we might say, gosh, you know, I'd love to, but I think I'm going to be busy that day. (laughs) Close friends provide actual assistance Okay, sure, let me check my calendar. I could be there from 10 to noon. I'll be able to help. You know what sharpening friends do? It's not even some deep spiritual thing. You know what sharpening friends do? Hey, I know that move is coming up. Have you set your date? I want to get my calendar marked. That's the kind of level sharpening friends go to. They say, hey, I know you got to move. I've got it on my calendar. I want to borrow a truck. Would that be useful to you? I'm going to borrow a truck from a friend and bring it because I know that's that's always a hard part of moving. They go a step beyond just normal and being responsive and they take initiative and think on behalf. They provide assistance that is truly reliable. Um, the next thing that all friendships should be doing is embracing forgiveness. For that, Proverbs 17, 9, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Normal friends forgive each other. That's part of friendship, and I totally get that, and there's nothing wrong with it. If you want to go a step deeper, instead of silent forgiveness where someone has wounded me and I will choose to forgive them, you know what sharpening friends do? They talk it out. So maybe you pre-forgive, just like a normal friend does, pre-forgive, but you choose to have an additional conversation in order to protect your future as friends. Sharpening friends talk it through. Sharpening friends not just talk it through, they pre-forgive, they talk it through, but then they they want to actually walk that out. And in that, they, they produce an intimacy between the two of them. Instead of a wound that goes healed, which is great, but the other friend doesn't even know about it, you can fight for the future of your friendships by actually talking it out. It goes a step deeper than regular friendships. Another thing that all friendships do is share stories with each other. C.S. Lewis says, friendship is unnecessary, like philosophy, like art. It has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things that give value to our survival. In juxtaposing normal friendships versus sharpening friendships, I would say that all friendships share two of three kinds of stories. Normal friendships share past stories. That totally makes sense. We talk about where we have come from and our memories. Normal friendships also share moments, present time stories, just moments. That's a text of, hey, I was thinking about you while I passed this Velveeta mac and cheese. I just did this 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 last week. Somebody told me they got sick on that. And so I saw it and I took a picture. God bless technology, sent it over. I was thinking of you. That's normal friendship. But I would suggest that sharpening friendship shares an additional kind of stories that the other friendships don't. On that inner level of friendships, we share stories about the future. 
We make ourselves vulnerable to our friends by sharing our hopes and our dreams. That's a different kind of story than normal friendships share. Once I've put out there what my dream is, that makes me vulnerable to you. I wonder if you're going to think I'm capable of that thing. It also makes me vulnerable to what if I don't ever actually pursue that thing? What if I don't actually make it to that thing? That makes us vulnerable, which is why normal friendships don't naturally go there. But sharpening friends take it a step deeper and share past stories, present moments, and future dreams. That's how we build these sharpening friendships. The next level is something that normal friendships actually rarely do. We enforce on the sharpening level, we enforce and reinforce each other's values. Proverbs 27, 9 says, The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. On a friendship level or acquaintance level or a uh, social media level, we can see each other's values based on the choices that they make. You can see that they place a high premium on value time, uh, family time, or they place a high premium on owning a lot of things, or they place a high premium on how well they're doing at work. We can see each other's values. On the sharpening level of friendship... We actually reinforce each other's values. I know you're shooting for that. I think that is incredible. For instance, a few years ago and a couple of times since, Kevin has talked about building in a Sabbath to his week. One day a week where he is setting aside for refreshing family time, relaxation, and recharging his batteries. Knowing that as his friend and the sharpening level of friend, I am keenly aware that the Finkbeiner Family Fun Day is on Fridays. And as a sharpening friend for him, I don't, I don't invite him to do things on Fridays that I think will, value, will um, violate that Sabbath. On the sharpening level of friendship, we are tracking each other's values and we're actually reinforcing that. That goes a level deeper than what normal friendships do, who can just see each other's values, but then it's like, well, they'll say no if they want to, and then off we go. On the sharpening level of friendship, we are enforcing and reinforcing each other's values. The next thing, providing camaraderie, is something that all friendships do. Proverbs 18.24 says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. My friend Elise, who is on staff at New Life as our life group's pastor, is the best at this. Here's what normal friends do. I would say to a normal friend on a Sunday, hey, I'm super nervous about this meeting that I've coming up this week. Would you pray for me? And normal friends would say, yeah. Sure, I'll pray for you. You know what camaraderie on a sharpening level does? Guess who's calling me on Thursday at 7 o'clock in the morning? Hey, I'm praying for you. I know that thing that you were nervous about is happening today. They come alongside and provide a camaraderie that goes a level deeper than, yeah, I got you this week. I'm praying for you this week. Guess who's calling me? Elise. She tracks my calendar better than I do, I think, sometimes. I'm like, oh, I totally forgot I told her about that. And she is back. Hey, how did that thing go? I knew you were nervous about this aspect. Or she's sending me a Bible verse to back me up. She is providing camaraderie on a level of a sharpening friend. It's so inspiring to be on the receiving end, and it challenges me on my level of friendships. Am I being the kind of friend that provides that level of sharpening camaraderie? The next uh, thing that friendships don't always do on the normal level, but that they definitely do on the sharpening level, is we seek counsel from each other. If you recognize that you need more sharpening friends or you need a sharpening friend in your life, the first thing that you need to do is be a sharpening friend. That's the first thing. If normal 
is what everybody else is getting, then the chances of you going out and finding a sharpening friend who already knows how to sharpen is not very good statistically because this isn't something that we do naturally and normally. This item, specifically seeking counsel, is one of the best ways to jump over the hurdle and begin to be a sharpening friend. For you to earmark somebody in your world that you would like to move to this level of friendship and then sit down with them, take them out to dinner and say, hey, I got this thing going on. Or, hey, do you see this thing in my life? I think it's not working for me. What do you observe and how can we get past that? Do you have any counsel for me? To seek counsel on that level is one of the first and best ways to start moving into a different level of friendship with someone. Proverbs, again, is practical and wise on this one. An honest answer is like a kiss of friendship. When we open that door, it is so much easier to have these deeper levels of dialogue because we have taken the initiative to seek out that counsel. That's something that normal friendships just don't naturally do. The next one might seem completely logical. Like, why do I even need to say it? It's showing affection. But I opted to put it in here because our culture is producing walls and boundaries on our communication with each other, especially when we are bridging friendships between two genders. There is something that is moving our entire culture to a fear of showing affection to each other. Proverbs, I love this verse, eighteen twenty. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. There is something so powerful about saying the words, I love you, to a friend. It goes beyond what we find normally in friendship. We might say this to our families, but the truth is a lot of families stop saying that as we become adults. If that's not part of your culture, hopping over this hurdle can be a gigantic step. But showing affection to our friends is going to change the culture of our friendships and move us out of the normal. Are you hugging your friends? That's also something we find uncomfortable and somebody has to take the first dive in. Who? Seriously, have you ever done this? Hey, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. And maybe church is one of the worst. One of the things I love about New Life is we're a hugging church. If you're new to New Life, brace yourself. I apologize in advance. But we are changing the culture on this topic. We are a hugging church church. And it might be awkward when you first get there, but the truth is you're going to love it. And your soul craves it. We crave these words of affirmation. We crave hugs, but somebody has to take the first dive in and risk that all. Oh, I have literally done this. Hey, how's it going? And the person has turned their shoulder. Oh, (laughs) pat, pat, pat. (laughs) That's what my arm is doing up here. (laughs) Anyway, dive in. When you want to move from normal friendships to a deeper level of friendship, begin to express your affection. Tell your friend, you know how much you mean to me? This is incredible, the service that you offer me as a friend. I cannot tell you how important this is to me. If you find yourself uncomfortable with this particular one, I'll just give you one little practical hint. If you're going to try to make the, the jump over that hurdle, try putting it on paper first. Write them a card, slap it in the mail, and send it. That is a great first step to promoting a friend out of this circle down into a closer circle and beginning to practice the art of showing affection that you feel. That is a great way to take a step forward. Um, Then lastly, give counsel. C.S. Lewis says the next best thing to being wise oneself is to live in a circle of those who are. Amen. (laughs) 
That service that my sister provided to me back in the day, I did not have wisdom in this area. In fact, we're going to talk, hello, but we're going to talk through a few things where consistently Proverbs uses the word foolish. Fools do this. It is foolish to do that. When it came to boys, I was foolish. I had no wisdom and no perspective whatsoever. The next best thing to being wise myself was having a friend who was a sharpening friend. C.S. Lewis was spot on. Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. I got a front row seat to that this weekend. We had a girlfriend slumber party, which was delightful with all kinds of frivolity and awesomeness, but we stumbled into an extremely sensitive conversation for somebody. And they were crying as we were talking it through, and we went for a little while, maybe 10 minutes, and they are bawling. And there was this moment of silence, and I just asked, hey, are you okay with this level of conversation? Like, we were just supposed to be having a girlfriend's slumber party, you know, with pillow fights and stuff. That's, that's what you do <laughs> on a girlfriend's slumber party, and here we are crying. Uh, are you okay? And God bless her, this is just somebody who craves the sharpening kind of friendship. She is actively blubbering with tears running down her face. And she says, I crave this level of dialogue. (laughs) So precious. That is somebody who has developed a desire and a practice of being a sharpening friend. And in that case, wounds from a sincere friend were better than many kisses from an enemy. We ended that conversation with great gratitude. And the next day, following up, hey, I'm going to want to talk about that topic again. What you guys were saying last night is beyond what I can understand. I need that counsel back. That is incredible. That is sharpening friends. That's the kind of friendship that can change a life. The last thing I would like to do, because when it comes to this whole giving counsel business, we can accidentally stab each other. We can accidentally not sharpen each other, but wound each other. So I'd like to quickly run through four filters. If you are thinking about giving this counsel to someone, especially if you haven't already moved into a position of sharpening friendship, and this will be your first thing, I'd like to run four filters. I'd like to have you run four filters over your counsel before you give it. The first is run the circle filter. Look at that diagram of where the circles are. If that friendship that you want to give counsel to is not in the inner circle, maybe in the next circle of close friend, it is not a place for giving counsel, especially unsolicited counsel. If they flat out ask you, that's one thing to answer a question. But if you're thinking about giving counsel to a friend and they are in an inappropriate circle, you will wound them. Additionally, don't just ask whether you feel like that friend is in that circle. You might have that friend in your inner circle of sharpening friends, but they may not have you there. I have made that mistake. I have seen somebody in that circle, but they didn't. And so when I stepped forward, I ran the fool's path. And I wounded when I was misunderstanding what was going on. Proverbs 18, 19 says, An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Know where your friend is in those circles and only give counsel to the friends in in the inner circle. That is a safe place for that kind of counsel. Secondly, run the time place filter. There are four things I would say I would recommend you avoid. Avoid a group setting. I don't care how close you are to call a friend out in a group setting. That is not going to go well. Secondly, Facebook. Not, nope. 
don't do it. Don't do it. So social media is the outside circle. So even if that friend that you're about ready to give counsel to is in your inner circle, the location of Facebook, the context of Facebook is not the right place. So just avoid that. That's not the place for counsel. Thirdly, in the moment. Listen, friends, if nobody else is finding a way to get to the sharpening friendship level because it is a skill to be learned, then we should not be giving this counsel in the moment. We need to prayerfully consider how to proceed. So don't give that counsel in the moment. If they flat out ask, what do you see? Do your best to lovingly tell them what you see. But if they are displaying a destructive tendency and you want to hop in and help them with counsel, don't do it. Don't do it in the moment. Wait and run these filters in the privacy of your own home. The last one is totally elementary. In fact, I'm pretty sure I learned it in elementary. Halt! Don't do it if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Did you learn that in fifth grade? I'm pretty sure that's a elementary thing. Don't do it. If you've got that stuff going on, the chances of you succeeding are not so great. Secondly, consider, are they hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? If that's the case, it's not going, no, don't do it. So halt and consider that. Run that filter on the time or place filter. Proverbs 11.9 says, With their words, the godless destroy their friends, but knowledge will rescue the righteous. This is you getting knowledge to be able to actually do the rescuing we desire to do. If we're going to give counsel, we want to help our friend. This will help us do this. The third filter I would suggest you run before you give counsel when you're trying to move into these sharpening friendships is the purpose filter. What is my purpose? Run the, your motives through this filter. Though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding will draw it out. You might have the exact right advice sitting inside of you, but if you haven't run those filters, if your motive is, I, they need to apologize. That is not going to work. So run your motives through a filter. The human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? Can I get an Amen. Hey, thank you. (laughs) Hey, that's my camaraderie friend. (laughs) Of course. The second part of the purpose filter is consider what your expected outcomes are. Is this about them needing to shape up? Is that what you're shooting for here? That's not going to go well no matter how hard you work to be diplomatic. Run that filter. What's my expected outcome? A good expected outcome is I want them to be happy and successful. I want to protect our friendship. I want to increase our intimacy. Not they need to shape up or I'm hurt or I'm disappointed in them. Those are not the ones um, to give counsel on. You need to run that filter looking for what is my purpose. The last filter I would recommend is the story filter. What story have you written that is backing up this counsel? Um... The, it, at the beginning of the Bible, there's the story of creation. And in it, we are told that God designed us to be in his image. We are teeny tiny reflections of who God is. So we have a divine nature. That being said, when sin entered the world, we got a second nature. Every person you interact with, even your closest friends, is going to reflect both natures. They have the fingerprint of God on them and they have sin in their life. You do too. The deal is, when we go to give this counsel, what story are we believing about them? You're going to be able to see evidence of both, but are you giving counsel to the sinner who has disappointed you? Are you giving counsel to the friend who is made in the image of God and is doing their hardest work? 
What story are we believing about them? Before we give this counsel, we need to run that filter. When we believe negative junk things about them, no matter if we are in that inner circle of friendship, that will come across to them. Those words don't bring life. Those words bring burdens. That's how we stab each other. So these four filters can protect us from those pitfalls of our good intentions, but we can go one step further than the good intentions. The last thing I'd like to do is just talk about how you might apply this because this is a a boatload of information and we're at different places in our journey. So I have four suggestions of how you might apply this. The first is if you currently view God as that deity way out there, I would love to have you begin to consider God as a friend. That's the first one I would say. The first way to apply this is consider God a friend. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you will commit to that this week, on your Connect card, there's a place to mark message applications. If you'll mark that, I will actually email you a recommended book. I walked with God for my entire life growing up until adulthood, and then I encountered this book, and it completely changed my view of God as being out here to being a friend. And I'd love to get that resource in your hands. That's the first way to start receiving sharpening friendship before you even have it on the level of with, with humans. The second suggestion I would say is sharpen a friend. Take one of these things that friends do and take it to the next level. So you might just be asking a friend out to coffee like you always have, but you might decide, you know what, during this one, I am actually going to tell them what I love about them to move forward on this, this, my own skill about being a sharpening friend. Sharpen a friend this week. A third option is promote a friend. You might have somebody in your world in one of those outer circles. It's, it's time to move them to a closer thing. You've got the right aspect there. You've got the right friend. You just need to move them to the next thing. This week, a great thing to do is promote that friend. You might promote that friend by in just inside your heart or actually saying to them, hey, I would like to pursue our friendship more intentionally. Would you come? Would you go out to dinner with me? Let's do that. The last thing I would say is if you'd like to sharpen your skills, if you find yourself being that friend who gives counsel, but sometimes you accidentally stab and you want to figure out how to make that a hundred percent consistent thing that you can do that actually breathes life into your friends, if you'll mark that sharpen your skills, I have a couple of recommendations of things that have tremendously benefited my life in learning how to be a sharpening friend. And I'd love to get that into your hands. I would email that to you this week, which begs the question, did you put your email on the front part of the card? Don't forget to do that. What I'd like to do to close this out is to pray over us as we apply these things this week. God, I love these people. I love that church is one of the places that you provide sharpening friends for me and, and the best because they don't just bring wise counsel. They bring your wise counsel. They have been your voice in my life a million times over. So I thank you for these friends. I thank you for the fact that you have planted a deep desire for this level of friendship inside of our heart. I pray that you would blossom that and awaken that this week, that we would get insights on how we could move forward, that you would give us courage to step into that. I pray that you would help us see, like even just shining a proverbial light over the head of somebody that is a potential sharpening friend, and you would give us the courage to speak up and step out into that friendship. I pray as we go forward trying to build friendships that are weird, we're 
we're going to be counterculture. So I pray that you would give us courage and that it would start with inspiration and then we would respond with courage. So this week, give us an infusion of courage in our friendships to step out boldly and begin to take our friendships to a weird level. Thank you for the counsel that you gave us in Proverbs. I pray that you would make those verses come alive to us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, friends. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.